Welcome to Park Ave Baptist Church Podcast. A weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Himra Chanel, pastor of community engagement and stewardship. And I'm Darcy Jarrett, pastor of worship, advocacy, and arts. Park Ave is a bold, inclusive, and creative community where everyone is welcome. We uplift voices and identities that are marginalized elsewhere. We affirm all ethnicities, racial identities, ages, socioeconomic groups, gender identities, and sexual orientations because we hold to a theology that refuses to other anyone. At Park Ave, our leadership model is non-hierarchical. And we practice an open pulpit where you will hear a multiplicity of theologically trained voices from different backgrounds and social locations. We don't just preach and talk about deconstructing systems and structures of power. We We practice practice it. Through this podcast, we hope you will be inspired, encouraged, and challenged. Listen Listen with with us now. Park Avenue Baptist Church, in response to COVID-19, has suspended in-person worship, but that can't stop us. What you'll hear on this podcast is a recording of our online worship, which happens each Sunday at 10 a.m. Join us through our Facebook, at Park Ave Baptist, or our Instagram, at Park Ave Baptist. We hope that you stay safe in these difficult times. And now we'll have a reading. Thanks, Indra. <clears throat> now hear this scripture, Daniel 7, 15 to 18, 23 to 27. God gave me this explanation. The fourth beast is a fourth kingdom that will appear on earth. It will be different from all the other kingdoms and will devour the whole earth, tramping it down and crushing it. The 10 horns are 10 kings who will come from this kingdom. After them, another king will arise, different from the earlier ones. God will subdue three kings. God will speak against the most high and oppress his holy people and try to change the set times and the laws. The holy people will be delivered into his hands for a time, times and half a time. But the court will sit and God's power will be taken away and completely destroyed forever. Then the sovereignty, power, and greatness of all the kingdoms under heaven will be handed over to the holy people of the Most High. God's kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom and all rulers will worship and obey him. James 3, 6 through 10. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My siblings, this should not be. The word of the God, the word of God for the people of God. And now as we invite Whitney to share with us what she has prepared, I want to say, God, you are in this moment. I I feel it. Um, I hear it in the words of Chaplain Elliot. I hear it in the melodies and the songs of Jill. Let us hear it now through the voice of Whitney Brown, your faithful servant, your mouthpiece this morning. Bless her, bless this message and all those who might hear it and benefit from it and see a little bit bigger 
and wider picture of who you are, God. We pray this in our son Jesus' name, our Black Messiah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Darcy. And thank you, Park Avenue, for having me this morning. I'm so excited to be with you guys. And I was telling Darcy before we got started, um, I, I don't serve in a church, but I get to preach on occasion through my work with Giffel. And so this is just a really exciting opportunity. So thank you. So today we are ending the Noinamad or Reverse Dominion series. And as I was preparing for today's worship, I thought it would be important to understand the meaning of dominion as we use it today. Now, I use the word dominion in my work with Kipple pretty often as we're discussing what our human role is in the grand scheme of creation. Um, but it still felt necessary to look into what this potentially complex word could mean. So Merriam-Webster offers five definitions of dominion. Most of them made sense to me. Uh, the first is dominion is domain. Um, two of them had to do with law. One is supreme authority and one is absolute ownership. Okay. Um, one is if dominion is capitalized, it can mean a self-governing nation of the Commonwealth of the nations other than the United Kingdom that acknowledges the British monarch as chief of state. Probably not the version that we're using here. Um, and the last one is dominions, plural, um, and that comes from Christianity. It's an order of angels. So all of these definitions, like I said, pretty much made sense to me, um, but I was struck by two things. First, though it's clear that dominion offers us some clarity around authority, there's no indication in any of these definitions that this authority should be forceful or destructive. Yet, in so many ways, we, people, humanity, have learned to take the idea of dominion to be something more like authority and leadership with disregard for the impact of our actions on others. It's the dominion of mine, 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 instead of the care and compassion for animals and people and plants. Of course, I wasn't alive when the scriptures were written, and neither were most of you, I would imagine. So perhaps the use of dominion in the Bible was indeed to tell people we have full control of creation and can happily ravage the land and not have a care in the world about our neighbors. Who knows? But somehow, I don't think that's the picture God had in mind. The second thing that struck me about these definitions of dominion was the concept of dominions in Christianity in order of angels. And I had to dig a little bit to wrap my head around this, since there's not really a passage of scripture for this idea. I was reminded of the concept of the nine orders of angels, which is sort of a, it's predominantly a Catholic uh, concept, so not something that we're necessarily discussing a ton in Protestant worship, but um, it's really useful. And you've probably heard of some of these different orders, like the cherubim and seraphim. It's where we get the word cherub. Um, so though there's no specific reference to the nine in the Bible, once it was described, it was sort of easy for me to see how this concept works. The best explanation of dominions, plural, that I've read is this. This group of angels are said to keep the world in proper order. They are known for delivering God's justice in unjust situations, showing mercy toward human beings and helping angels in lower ranks stay organized and perform their work efficiently. 
They also are recognized for expressing unconditional love at the, at the same time that they express God's justice. So that's interesting. They're angels that keep order. They keep the other angels in order, and they're also charged with keeping all of creation in order. Well, now I'm confused. Does this mean that angels, dominions with a capital D, actually have dominion, that lowercase d, over creation, and not us humans after all? Perhaps. But it also made me ponder if maybe no one and no being other than God truly has authority over this earth. In this moment, I feel very much like our prophet Daniel as he wrestled with understanding the vision of the four beasts he describes in the passage we read today. This confusion and concern are what motivate me and probably many of you to learn more about the climate crisis and how we can take better care of our planet. Daniel has a vision he doesn't understand. Instead of fear, Daniel leans into this curiosity. He asked for more information. He asked for an interpretation of his vision. He pauses instead of being reactionary. This is where humanity has strayed. We live in the land of fear and panic and reactivity as our only responses to change, as our only response to a climate crisis that in many ways looks pretty predictable. Imagine a way of living in which our own visions, perhaps scientific predictions for the future of our precious mother earth gave us pause. Imagine seeing news about wildfire season on the West Coast growing longer and much harder to contain, or hearing about ice caps melting, or finding out that yet another open space in Georgia is going to be turned into the dreaded mixed-use development. And instead of being like, okay, next, we actually felt concern. Concern for who might be displaced. Concern for what effects the events these events have on our air. Concern for whatever runoff from any of these disasters could be into our water sources. And what if that concern led us to seek understanding? Do we really need more apartment buildings? If we do have more apartment buildings, will the streets hold that many more cars? Will the kids that live in this new apartment complex that we're not sure if we need have access to safe, clean, pollutant-free parks to play in, or will there be detrimental effects to their health due to our fear of green space? It's as if this idea of dominion also allowed us to believe that we have endless access to natural resources. But one day, if we continue on this path, we are going to deplete all of our resources, our fresh water, our energy sources, and all of our green spaces. And unfortunately, that day keeps getting nearer and nearer. It's time for us to reevaluate our needs versus our wants. Do we need gas-run vehicles or is gas simply easier or cheaper than electric vehicles? Think on that for a moment. What other damage do we do to the earth when we choose the thing that is convenient instead of choosing the thing that is sustainable? This week, we experienced a gas shortage caused by a cyber attack, but also caused by humans, an example of where dominion over the earth goes wrong. Our unhealthy reliance on fossil fuels causes a full stop to our everyday activities, like driving to work, returning on hot water, using a gas stove, and so much more. I was struck by a passage in the Washington Post this week about the Colonial Pipeline that said the following. 
This crisis was man-made, first by the ransomware attack on the systems of Colonial Pipeline that led the company to shut down its pipeline connecting Texas to New Jersey, then by a panic that led drivers to fill up out of fear the country could run out of gas. This shortage offered an image of the incredible power struggle, or should I say desire, to be more powerful, we show our neighbors. We must, why must one of us have more power than another? Didn't God give all humankind dominion over the earth? It takes a pandemic, a gas shortage, a hurricane, a wildfire, a shortage on avocados, you name it, to show humanity's weaknesses, to show what happens when we take and take and take from the earth, all the while believing we're exercising God's call to dominion, to tend the land. Creation wasn't created for our control. Creation was created for the sake of order and to give and sustain life. Order is a method of organization, and therefore I have to believe that God's concept of dominion is a method of controlling chaos, but not of controlling each other or the land that we live on. We are lucky that we are not seeing major climate-related disasters daily, though that statement actually feels filled with privilege. Yes, in Metro Atlanta, we are not seeing a flood one day and a tornado the next and a raging wildfire after that. But a gas shortage that is resolved within a few days or weeks makes it so much easier for people to ignore air pollution and toxic waste in our water systems and lack of access to clean energy or energy period and so many more environmental injustices. Well, it's not affecting me, we say, or my favorite, but Atlanta's considered an urban forest because we have so many trees. And then we think, so maybe the climate crisis isn't that bad. We don't have to worry. I can only imagine what God thinks every time a new apartment building goes up or a new Target or Walmart or Starbucks or Kroger, the list goes on and it's taking up our green space. It's as though we humans, Americans perhaps, people of faith even, are afraid of green space. Green space on our planet is like white space on a sheet of paper, full of infinite possibility. And that scares us. Without a plan, without, with no one in charge, it's easiest to just cover it up and not have to think about it being an empty space anymore. But here's the irony. God gave us dominion over the earth, a method of having a plan for all the beauty of creation. Let's not cover that up. Our need for power and desire for control has created an excuse for blinders to our sick planet, to our neighbors in need, to our neighbors of color, to our neighbors who can't breathe, who can't afford electricity, can't consume clean drinking water, can't access healthy and fresh food. This can't be the world God envisioned in Genesis. I live in the Candler Park Edgewood area, right along the MARTA tracks and CX, CSX train tracks. And if we're quiet long enough, you'll probably hear it go by me. MARTA is loud and can be annoying, but generally is a good thing. I'm a major supporter of public transportation. But what I'm not a supporter of is the many, many cargo trains that go by throughout the day, blowing their horns and blasting out plumes of filthy exhaust. It's gross to look out your window and see giant clouds of black smoke. 
And actually the worst is when a cargo train, usually the refrigerator trains, decides to idle outside my window for three days. And then I worry about going outside because we're inhaling all of those toxic fumes. I understand they're doing a job. We all wanna get fresh produce and cold beverages, but it's making us sick. And not only am I inhaling those toxic fumes because we're close to the tracks, those fumes are also going into the atmosphere. They're floating around Edgewood and Candler Park full of the potential to make us sick and to make our planet sicker. As people of faith, we have a unique opportunity to raise our voices and organize around issues of environmental racism, to advocate for justice and equity, to call on our legislators to create clean energy and clean air regulations to help sustain creation for many, many years in the future. The environmental movement is intersectional, meaning as we ponder how to sustain our planet, we should also be pondering how to sustain our neighbors. And as we ponder how to care for our neighbors, we should remember that our call is not to pick the wealthiest neighbor, but instead is to care for all God's creation, all people, all animals, all plants, everything. Perhaps advocacy, compassion, and radical love are where we should turn our focus instead of battling out who has dominion and who has the most power is the opposite of dominion, the reverse meaning of dominion, love. We live in a city, in a state, in a country where the only real way to protect the land is through legislation. National parks and state parks are a thing of beauty and a necessity. Humanity can no longer be trusted to take care of the earth. National parks are a method of legally preserving undeveloped land the beauty of creation on grand display from the destructive way of living we have embraced as a society. We were given a gift that at times we do not deserve, but thankfully there is still time to make changes for the better. Instead of imagining dominion as us trying to control the earth or trying to control other people, what if we imagined a world where we took dominion as a form of empowerment? Dominion could be our way of taking action, advocating for those who are so often overlooked due to the color of their skin or lack of resources. We could switch from a society of the haves and have nots to a society of has a peace, a society of equity. What does it look like for you and your neighbor to have access to clean energy? How would the COVID-19 pandemic have played out differently had energy access been affordable for all instead of rounds and rounds of no shutoffs protest? What if we, were, we as a society felt empowered to reduce fear and panic as much as possible for everyone and everything in creation without the fear of having your power shut off or the fear of consuming, consuming cancer-causing toxins in your drinking water, your focus in creation care can shift to planting trees or growing your own fruits and vegetables without the use of chemicals or turning off the lights when you leave a room and fighting for an end to environmental racism. What if another way of looking at reverse dominion is through the method by which we received dominion? If our goal was to love our planet and love our neighbors, perhaps we could achieve dominion, the order that could sustain creation long-term. 
This section of James 3, which we read earlier, is sometimes called the taming of the tongue. It bears rereading as we enter the season of Pentecost. It says, think about this. A small flame can set a whole forest on fire. The tongue is a small flame of fire, a world of evil at work in us. It contaminates our entire lives. Because of it, the circle of life is set on fire. The passage goes on to talk about how people have dominion over so many living things, but the one thing that cannot be tamed is the tongue. To me, that offers an opportunity. That small flame could certainly set the whole forest on fire, or that small flame could be the spark that empowers and energizes each of us to end a society of me and turn to a society of us. Our untamed tongues could be used for good, now is our chance to lift up our voices and start to restore our mother earth. So be curious like Daniel, ask questions and ask more questions and then ask even more questions for the sake of clarity. And when you feel like you understand enough, turn your understanding into a spark, a small flame and light the world up with a heart of compassion, care and climate action. Let that small flame spread throughout your community, empowering everyone it touches. And know that by reversing dominion and making environmental stewardship and creation care a priority again, you might just save our precious planet. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m.-ish. We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta across the street from Grant Park at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street. To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavebaptist.com. Now go into a world that is too often unjust, knowing that the God that created you loves you and empowers you to love boldly, live inclusively, and serve creatively. Mm -hmm.